This episode is sponsored by Wattpad Books, publisher of Belmort. When Rennie's sister disappears within Belmort, one of five houses where vampires reside as celebrities and humans are living donors, she is desperate to find and save her. So Rennie makes the ultimate sacrifice by becoming a donor. But the secrets of Belmort are more dangerous than she could have ever imagined, and it just might never let her go. If you love YA vampire fiction like Twilight, The Vampire Diaries, and Blue Bloods, you will love Belmort by Bella Higgin. Thanks again to Wattpad Books, publisher of Belmort, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tirza Price. We're recording on April 7th, and hello, Erica. Why, hello, Tirza. How are you? I am hanging in there. How about you? Oh my god, same. <laughs> Just trying to make it. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we're a week into April already. It just seems it's like time is wild. flying by. <laughs> it really is. It's funny. Um, I feel like I always say that and I always feel like that. But it's interesting when I feel like other people kind of feel the same way. And then sometimes months feel like they're stretching on. Yeah. And then we kind of all have the same like collective experience of time. <laughs> it's always interesting. Uh, yes, it has. It's been going by really quickly, but, Mm. you know, here we are with another podcast to record, which is always very exciting. Always. Yeah. So um, before we dive into our topic today, let's hit some cool news items. Um, You did a really good roundup of some new stuff. Do you want to tell us about the first news item you found? Yes. So the Danish documentary Flea which made Oscars history this year by being nominated in three different feature film categories, is being adapted for um, young adults. It's going to be a graphic novel, which is interesting. I know we had talked about in our adaptations episode, we talked about just like how some, like the film to book, or rather the book to film thing goes. And I know you had mentioned sometimes... Books are written kind of to be adapted. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting when there's a reverse. Yeah. That doesn't happen quite as often. Or if it does, it tends to be more like the IP type properties where you have like your Disney and your Marvel and, you know, that sort of stuff that gets then adapted into YA books. Um, So that was really exciting. I I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen this news until you brought it up and I was like, ooh, that's going to be good. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also if you are somebody who loved to all the boys I've loved before, um, Netflix is doing a spinoff, which you probably already know. It's called Exo Kitty, and it is about the youngest sister Kitty, and they have just added like a bunch of cast members to um, the spinoff series. So. Mm-hmm. I admit I don't know any of these people, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's exciting to, you know, see that there's going to be a spinoff and it looks like Kitty's going to be slightly older than she is in the books. And I know that Jenny Han was kind of involved in the shaping of this um, spinoff series. So it sounds really exciting. 
Yeah, it should be good. Definitely always a good sign, like, when the author is involved. And, yeah, I don't recognize any of the actors either, but maybe that's, like... Maybe, you know, maybe, like, some new talent. Yeah. It's always interesting to see, like, new people. I I always assume that these people are just, like, so young, and that's why I don't know them. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. a good thing, because it's really weird when, like, people our age are playing teenagers, because it's, like, no, no. <gasps> we're, we're old. It's so like, <laughs> weird. Yes. It's, like, what? <laughs> and it's, like, I, I get it, because, you know... You know, um, child labor and stuff, but it is weird seeing it. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, and then the final piece of news that we wanted to highlight, which is the companion novel to Melinda Lowe's National Book Award winning novel, Last Night at the Telegraph Club, um, that cover was revealed. And that book is called A Scatter of Light, and it comes out this October. I love this cover. It's so gorgeous. It's so nice. Coming, especially after we just had that uh, pretty covers episode a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, rather. Right. It's so pretty. I love it. Yeah, what I really love about this cover is that it does a good job of kind of evoking like the similar color scheme of Last Night at the Telegraph Club. And it Mm. looks like the books go together without them being like too obviously matchy matchy because it's not a direct sequel this one's set in like 2014 or 2015 and you know you kind of i think we're gonna find out what happens to lily and kath in this book but obviously that's a good 60 years after the events of last night so i'm excited to read this book that's such a good point, and I didn't realize why it kind of, looking at the new cover for A Scatter of Light, it kind of did feel familiar in, like, a an, in a good way. Yeah. And I think you summed it up perfectly. I think, I don't know who the artist is, but it probably is the same artist, same done in a similar style, kind of have similar color schemes. Um. So, yeah, yeah, that is, that makes sense. You said it concisely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to look at, though, and so exciting to hear about. It looks like the artist is Fifi Ruam, and I don't know if that is the same person who did, yeah, who did Last Night at the Telegraph Club, but yeah, it's just so pretty. I could stare at this cover all day long, and, you know, it's funny because we were laughing in the Book Riot um, contributor Slack. There is, like, this... sort of stereotype of lesbians and trucks. So I just love the fact that this cover has a truck on it with two lesbians. I was like, yes. Oh my it's like gosh. a subtle sort of nod to people who get it. Yeah. My friend told me about that years ago and I was like, I hadn't heard about that. And she was like, oh yeah, the trucks and the toolboxes. And I was like, really? <laughs> one of my roommates who's, you know, lesbian and she was like, oh yeah. And I was like, is that why you have a toolbox, Alice? Like, you know, so it was just like a little joke we had. Yes. But yes, oh, I love gosh. it. Yeah. And I, I totally at one point in time was a teen lesbian with a truck so <gasps> I, I, I especially appreciate this it's really great i no longer have a truck which some days makes me very sad but i've, I've graduated to like you know the toyota prius lesbian stage of my life but tears are you killing me <laughs> is that a, that's a different stage it's a different life? stage in like the lesbians it's, you know evolving life <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, I love goodness. that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, solid cover for Melinda Lowe. Yes. 
Very solid. You couldn't tell we like it a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So now we're going to take a bit of a left turn <laughs> and we're going to talk about our topic of the day, which is mysteries mm. because we love mysteries. Mm, love them. Yeah. I think, you know, there's been just this huge explosion in mystery reads and thrillers coming out in YA and mm-hmm. I, there's a, I, there's a distinction between the two. So sometimes I think a lot of things get lumped into mystery when they're really more of like a crime book or a thriller. But I think we're going to try to focus in on on the mystery aspect of this today. Uh, so, you know, what, what drew you to this topic, Erica? Well, as you said, I love mysteries. YA, an adult, whatever, and even middle grades from time to time. And I know that you love mysteries, clearly. And I also was like, oh, um, Tirza has a new book coming out, and it's a mystery. And I would like to talk about Tears's new book. Aww. So why don't we talk about other books that are in that same vein? And here we are. <laughs> yeah basically yeah not to make this like the tears of show um but yeah so no, that yeah is- <laughs> we could have a tears of show episode no. i like that with trucks involved and priuses oh my yes. gosh oh <laughs> uh, yeah oh that's so funny but yeah i really do love mysteries and i think that like writing one or writing more than one because i'm now like in the middle of writing my third mystery book it's really made me think a lot about like the hallmarks of the genre and like all of the mm. ways that people are, you know, taking the like that mystery sort of structure and doing really interesting things with it, especially in YA. It's really, really exciting. So like when you read a mystery, first of all, what are your favorite types of mysteries? Do you like cozy? Do you like kind of more gritty? Do you like something in between? historical i do so it's just so funny because i would say i would define the types of mysteries that i write as cozy mysteries even though that Mm -hmm. is not maybe like my most preferred type of mystery i do kind of like something a little bit i don't know if i would say it goes so far as to say like super gritty like i do like some gritty mysteries but i like like atmospheric mysteries like i Mm. got into the genre um, when I was in college and I was a bookseller and Tana French was like relatively new on the scene and yeah like her first couple of books had just come out yeah and like everybody was reading them and every book club was picking up you know I think maybe like the first two books had come out and I was kind of like, okay, I've got to read this ton of French book because everybody's talking about it. And I, I knew it was a mystery and I didn't want it to be spoiled for me because that's the thing about being a bookseller is that like you have a very like limited shelf life of being able to avoid spoilers before a customer yeah. like just assumes that you've read everything and like they spilled the beans. <laughs> Allegiant yeah. by Veronica Roth was ruined for me that way. But anyway. Oh <laughs> So I picked it up and I really like Tana French because all of her mysteries are really atmospheric and, you know, they're mostly set in Dublin. They are a little gritty. They can be a little bit dark, but they're not like full on dark. Uh, So I actually, you know, I did not read a ton of YA mysteries as a teen and I kind of came to it from like the adult side of things. 
And I really wanted to write a YA mystery for a really long time, but I kind of struggled to find like, okay, what is it that I'm going to say? And like, what's the story going to be? And then I started seeing just like more and more mysteries popping up. Like Karen McManus kind of, it almost feels like the popularity of her mysteries came out of nowhere. It's like she just kind of exploded on the scene. So that was kind of exciting to see. And I think it's really opened up a lot of doors for more more books like that to be coming out. And I ended up just kind of going in the direction of Cozy because I really like Pride and Prejudice. And I think at the time I thought like it would be easy to write a mystery retelling of Pride and Prejudice because I was like, oh, I'll just like, you know, take a lot of all these characters and all these like situations and you know, just have to like twist the plot a little bit. And that'll be easier than like coming up with characters and plot all on my own. And um, spoiler alert, it was not easier, but it was still a really fun <laughs> exercise and challenge. And yeah. I really enjoyed like the challenge of, you know, having to manipulate like a well-told story into mm-hmm. a completely different story. But yeah, writing mysteries is, is not for the faint of heart either. So I'm really just in awe of everybody who's coming out with like these amazing books. And I guess I do want to say, like, before we get much farther, because I've kind of alluded to the fact that, like, mysteries and thrillers and suspense all get lumped in together, mm-hmm. I wanted to, like, kind of share my definition of a mystery. My definition of a mystery is that a crime happens, and it could be, like, a murder, or it could be something that, you know, you don't realize at the time is a crime, like, maybe it's a mysterious death. But then somebody at some point has to realize, like, okay, foul play. And then you have a sleuth. And it's usually, like, a teenage sleuth we're in YA. So they're an amateur sleuth um, because they can't be a police officer and, and, you know, be young adults. And that sleuth then has to investigate. And they have suspects. And they're finding clues. And they're kind of, like, reaching towards, you know, an explanation or a conclusion of some sort. There's a lot of really great, like, thrillers out there that deal with crime that I think are getting falsely billed as mysteries. Like, one example is Tess Sharp's The Girls I've Been, which is an amazing book, but it's about a bank heist. And, like, yeah, there is a little bit of a mystery in there, and there's some, you know, unanswered questions, and there's a little bit of investigating, you know, like, such as, why are these two people robbing this bank? But it's not a mystery. It's a thriller. Uh, So I think mysteries can be thrilling. I think thrillers can have mysterious elements and little mini mysteries, like, within them. But to me, the, like, basic and essential central structure of a mystery does differ from a thriller. So that I just wanted to like put that out there because sometimes I think that helps clarify for people like what they're looking for in a mystery um, versus a thriller and also might explain why we're kind of focusing on the books that we're focusing on. Yeah. And that makes sense because sometimes when I'm looking for a mystery in particular, I'm not necessarily looking for a bank heist. It's a totally different It gives something totally different. So it's like, and, you know, not just that. Obviously, bank heists aren't the only things that are getting incorrectly billed as mystery stories. But, you know, when those things apply um, to, you know, other scenarios, plots and books, whatever. Yeah. So it is interesting that it is interesting that they do get lumped together because it just it gives the reader, you know, it's basically I'm being redundant kind of. But it's like if you're looking for a mystery 
that's not going to satisfy that. So it's it's curious that they do get lumped together. Yeah, and I think sometimes spy thrillers also get lumped into mysteries. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's because, like, sometimes those books do have similar vibes. Um, mm. And they have similar atmospheres. But, yeah, they're not quite the same thing. And I'm also thinking, too, about, like, there's a lot of books out right now where there will be, like, you know, these really suspenseful situations or there'll be crimes that happen. And, um, like, I'm thinking about Jesse Q. Satanto's The Obsession, which is a really great book. And mm. it's her debut novel. And it's basically about, like, this guy who is, like, unhealthily, like, criminally obsessed with this girl. And he sees her commit basically, like, what amounts to manslaughter that um, results in the death of her mom's abusive boyfriend. And then he, like, starts blackmailing her. So then you've got this, like, really tense cat and mouse game. And, like, there is a mystery, actually, at the heart of that book that kind of slowly emerges as as you read. But, yeah, that's that's totally a different vibe than if you were like, well, I want a good whodunit. Yeah. And I want to try to figure out whodunit, like, as the characters do. But before we get into some more mystery things, I'm going to read from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Silent Unseen by Amanda McCrenna with Fierce Reads. The Silent Unseen is a mesmerizing historical novel of suspense and intrigue about a teenage girl who risks everything to save her missing brother. Tightly woven, relentlessly intense, it depicts an explosive entanglement of loyalty, lies, and love from Amanda McCrenna, the acclaimed author of Traitor, a debut hailed by Elizabeth Wayne as alive with detail and vivid with insight, a piercing and bittersweet story. In it, Amanda McCrenna has returned to her strength, an oft-neglected setting of World War II. This window into the Polish front is propulsive and engaging. With a fast pace and romance at its heart, this story will appeal even to reluctant readers of history. It's great for fans of Elizabeth Wayne, Ruta Sepetis, or TV shows like The Man in the High Castle and The Americans. Thanks again to The Silent Unseen by Amanda McCrenna with Fierce Reads for sponsoring this episode. Awesome. So, yeah, um, I have another question for you, Tirza. I feel like you're, like, the expert on mystery. Like, so... When you're reading a mystery novel, do you do you want to try to like as a reader, do you want to try to figure out who do you need the author to put in clues to kind of like help you figure it out as you're reading? Or do you like it to be kind of like out of nowhere or you know what I mean? Like some people like. Some people like it just, like, some people like to read mysteries just, like, as a fun, like, distraction, kind of like watching TV in a way. Some people want to try to figure figure it out, actually, like, with the main character, like, the amateur sleuth or whatever. So, like, what what do you like to do? Well, I mean, okay, obviously, you call me a mystery expert, but, like, I, I am just a person, so this is, this is my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. Okay, fair, yeah, fair. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Compared to me, you're a mystery expert, I guess. <laughs> yes, I read a lot of mysteries. I read a lot of mysteries in all age categories, and I would even say in all, like, sub-genres. But I do think that, like, a good, successful mystery, and obviously that, you know, that may be subjective, 
But generally speaking, a good mystery needs to have like clues and evidence that the character is working towards. Uh, because take it from me, I have tried to write mysteries before where I've been like, oh, there, there needs to be like evidence there needs to be clues like they can't just like run around doing all these different things and questioning people (laughs) for like a hundred pages before figuring it out at the end and you know that to me having like those clues and the evidence sort of um you know dropped along uh that helps sort of create like the circumstances of the crime and it helps you visualize it and it can misdirect, but it also can lead you closer to the truth. And I think it is a delicate balance of, you know, it, are your clues not so obvious that they are making it so that, like, you know who did it on page 50? Um, but also, they I don't think they can be, like, so random that, like, at the very end, you find out so-and-so did it and you're like, but there was no evidence leading to that conclusion, yeah. you know? So it is a balance. That said... I feel like almost the question that you might be asking for is like, do you, do you want to be surprised or do you want to be able to figure it out? Yeah, basically. And that for me really depends on how much I'm enjoying the book. Um, okay. Because I don't mind figuring out like the killer or, or like what is actually going on um, early on. Or guessing, because sometimes it is a guess. And I'm like, I'm pretty yeah. sure so-and-so did it. I'm just not sure yet. Um, or I don't know how. Or we're like, have this like one missing piece. I don't mind knowing or guessing who did it early on. As long as the journey is, mm-hmm. you know, well-written and I'm enjoying it and I'm engaged. That said, I also do enjoy, you know, that twist at the end where we're like, oh, I didn't see that. Or I didn't think about that. Or, yeah. yeah so... It can be a toss-up for me either way. And I think every mystery reader kind of has their own feelings and opinions on it. And that's why I think sometimes mystery books can be so subjective for readers. Yeah, that's true. But I do think, too, that especially in this market, if you're somebody who reads a lot of mysteries, I think at some point you're going to start to sort of, you know, put things together and maybe start Mm -hmm. thinking like, sort of thinking like the author does. And maybe maybe that's just me as a writer because it's hard for me to turn my writer brain off and I'm always trying to analyze like what the author's trying to do. But at the same time, I, I've also been pleasantly surprised. Like there's some of the books I'm going to talk about today, at least one of them. I There was like, a, you know, I think I kind of guessed who was the killer, but there was a development in the whole reveal that I didn't see coming. So for me, that was a successful and satisfying mystery. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. And I think as a mystery reader myself, my, my, like, what I want out of a mystery has kind of changed over time. Like, I used to want to, like, a mystery reader and a mystery watcher. Like, I love TV shows and movies that are mysteries and books and all that good stuff. I used to like to be able to kind of figure it out as the episode or book went on. And... You know, when I was doing that, I was definitely, like, paying a lot of attention. Nowadays, sometimes, like, when I'm listening to audiobooks, say, I'm not necessarily fully invested, like, in every single detail. So, I do miss some. Yeah. Which is probably bad. Um, unintentionally, of course. Um, but I'm still, like, really enjoying the story. I feel like, I mean, I do definitely appreciate, like, the balance 
Like, you can't have something that's just, like, out of the blue, out from nowhere, like, no foreshadowing whatsoever, but not something that's super obvious. I think now, I think now what I, what I look for in mysteries when I'm reading is, does, like, the motive make sense? Yes. At the end, when it's revealed? Because, like... I stopped trying to figure things out. I'm just like, I'm just going to read this. Because then I'll be like, oh, it seems like it's such and such person. But no, wait, that's too obvious. And the author obviously would not choose something. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, a lot of times it doesn't even work for me now. But I I think I look now to, okay, so this person killed that person. Okay, cool. You know, at the final reveal or whatever, at the end. Um, but I'm like, huh, does that make sense? Like, does there, is that motive like solid enough or is it kind of flimsy? You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's kind of how my, my mystery values have changed, I guess. <laughs> yes. I think that if you sacrifice like motive and character development to just like all these wild twists, like your mystery yeah. overall will suffer. So I would agree with that too. Yeah. And I, another, cause we love mysteries. We have decided to do a book club slash yes. read along, which should be really fun. And it is on queen of the tiles by Hannah Alkaf. So there's going to be time to get it. And we hope that you will be able to read along with us once we do that episode. Yeah, so that will book will be out. Uh, let's see, that'll be out next Tuesday. So yeah, if this is like your heads up, we are going to do our episode on this book in May. And it basically was like, we both really love mysteries. We both were super excited for this book. And we both realized that sometimes our struggle in recording podcasts is that we basically just both want to talk about books that we love. And we're like, we should just make an episode where we both read the same book and then we could talk about it. (laughs) So that is why we're doing that. Yeah. And it looks like really interesting. It's about like a Scrabble competition and it's a mystery. Mysterious And death. all the things. Yeah. Yes. And in Malaysia. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way, do you want to share your first pick? Yes. My first pick is Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. Love her. And, whew. Okay. So I have so many things to say about this one. I will start off by saying that it's not the typical kind of mystery I read. And I will say that because I feel like a lot of it, a lot of the story dealt with speaking of the main character's relationship with the person who ends up being murdered. So um, 17-year-old Enchanted Jones, she's going to this private high school where she is one of the few black kids. She's on the swim team. And has dreams of being a singer. So like in between swim meets and babysitting her younger siblings and going to school, she goes to this talent audition her friend Gabby encouraged her to go to. And she doesn't win, even though everyone loved her performance. And she kind of chalks this up to a few things. For one, her image isn't quite what people want it to be. She's like shaved her head bald a while ago because her school was making a fuss about her natural hairstyle. So she doesn't really look like how people want black female singers and pop stars and female pop stars in general to look like. 
Um, she also thinks maybe the judges of the competition didn't care for her song choice, which was an older song that her grandmother would have loved. And she references her grandmother a lot because um, she was someone who was similar to Enchanted in terms of interests and songs and talent and everything like that. So she, you know, does things as an homage to her grandmother a lot. So it turns out her love of oldies is something she has in common with this pop star slash R&B singer named Corey Fields, who approaches her at the audition, complimenting her. Oh my God. So, so begins his basically grooming her. He starts with compliments, then moves to acting as her savior when another student almost assaults her. Then he bribes her struggling parents with money, takes her on tour with him. His behavior gets like really disgusting and controlling. And it is honestly really infuriating to read, not gonna lie. Um, The people who work for him and even the people who happen to be around um, when he does certain things to her, don't speak out against the things he does. Sometimes they even help in his abuse of her, especially the people that work for him. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, people in public are complacent and part of the problem, basically. So the book does a such a great job of making you feel gross and awful. <laughs> uh, like, I almost didn't want to read some of it at times, but I think that is a testament to Tiffany Jackson making it so real. It honestly, like, enchanted thoughts on things, because it's, it's like in first, it's in first person. Her thoughts on things, they mirror so well how a lot of abuse victims think while they're in the abusive relationships. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but when I was living in New York City during undergrad, I worked as a sexual assault and intimate partner violence advocate. So a lot of this stuff rings really true, like very, very true. So gross, 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 but very real. And I think it's, I mean, in addition to just reading, I think it's good to read stuff like this just to see where people are coming from when these things happen. So the mystery part, right? Okay. So it starts <laughs> like, duh. Okay. So it starts off with Enchanted being covered in blood, which she refers to as beet juice. So right there, we already start to see her denial of reality. She realizes Corey is dead and she's covered in his blood. Well, not covered, but like her hands. She's got, got it on her hands and stuff like that. The police start beating on the door and she doesn't know what happened. The rest of the story, as I was saying before, tells how the relationship came to be. So like a few, like a couple of chapters, it'll be, well, the, like the first chapter, first few pages is when she sees the blood. So it starts right off. We know that he's dead. And then the next, like the next few chapters, it tells of how she met up with him and how the relationship came to be, basically how we got to this point. And then a chapter uh, will be spent talking about the present day. So it kind of continues on like that. Again, I say it's different from the usual mystery books I've read because of that focus on their relationship and that buildup. And I've read mysteries that do buildups. Like they say, okay, this person died. Let's rewind and build up. But I feel like I haven't read ones that do it quite like this. And they they focus so much on her like day-to-day life kind of and the buildup in their relationship not necessarily on building clues like that in the beginning. There are a lot of social issues, as I've been mentioning, that it explores and it covers really, really well. Um, and the title even 
touches on an issue I've noticed within the Black community specifically, which is when young girls are referred to as grown, which is the title. Um, It's a thing, it's said negatively and meant to imply that they are behaving like grown women. And it's usually involving some kind of like inappropriate sexual behavior or like trying to be attractive and in doing so trying to appear as older. And a man who is actually an adult is usually involved when this grown, you know, label is attributed to girls, but it's the girl that bears the responsibility of anything inappropriate that may happen. So I'm glad that Tiffany Jackson is calling that out and directly challenging it because I'm very much ready for that term to be retired when it's used in that context. So, like I said, had a lot of things to say. (laughs) Um, Again, that is grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. If it wasn't clear trigger warnings for abuse and domestic partner violence and sexual assault of a minor and all of those things. Um, I think it was very well done, though. So, yeah, but infuriating. I'm going to keep it real. (laughs) I'm going to keep it real on that. Yeah, I really like Tiffany Jackson's work. Like, it's just, it's always so well-written, so engaging, Mm -hmm. so thought-provoking. And I would say that this one is kind of interesting because um, it doesn't follow, like, that traditional mystery structure that I kind of talked about at the top of the episode. But it does situate the reader to kind of be, like, this sleuth because at the beginning, all you know is that Corey is dead and you don't know if she actually did it. So, like, as you're reading it, like, it's it's like, okay, what really happened? Yeah. And that was really good. Um, I will also just do a sh- very tiny short plug for Monday's Not Coming, which is um, another book by her. It's It slightly follows the more traditional, like, mystery arc. And it's about a girl named Claudia. Her, her friend Monday just, like, stops coming to school. And she starts asking, like, hey, where is she? And nobody seems to know where she has gone. So it's it's a disappearance, and she has to figure out what happened to her friend. It's also excellent. Okay, so my first pick is Cold by Mariko Tamaki. This one just came out uh, last month, I believe, or maybe the month before it. At what is time? But it's new in 2022. And I just want to give a brief content warning for homophobia, hate crime, death, violence, um, and then like a is it or is it not sort of inappropriate relationship with a teacher. Um, So this book is told from two perspectives. The first is Georgia, who is alive. And she is this teenage girl who goes to this private school. And her older brother, Mark, goes to a private school as well for boys. They're kind of like like companion schools, once for girls, once for boys. And at the beginning of this book, Georgia finds out that one of the boys in her brother's class has been found dead in the park, naked. And obviously, that is very perplexing and worrisome and people suspect murder. Um, The other perspective is told from the victim, Todd. And he's a ghost. And it's kind of like from his perspective, but not at the same time. He's just sort of floating through the world following the detectives who are trying to solve his case. 
And you sort of see the investigation happen through his eyes. Uh, I really thought that that was an interesting sort of structure. Uh, one thing I mentioned earlier was that most of the time when you have YA mysteries, the sleuths are amateur sleuths because the teenagers aren't police officers and they're the ones that are investigating. Um, so this was an interesting way to kind of get the perspective of law enforcement as they went about solving this mystery. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have... George's perspective as well. And you learn, you know, pretty quickly why her perspective is so important in this book, because she saw Todd when he was still alive. And he was somewhere that he wasn't really supposed to be or somewhere unexpected. And this could prove to have like the key in unlocking what happened to him. This book was hard to read at times because it is, you know, to a certain extent about violence towards people who are queer, you know, that whether or not Todd's death is, you know, a hate crime is kind of up in the air throughout the book. And I'm not going to, you know, say whether it is or isn't because this is a mystery and that's part of unsolving, you know, solving and unraveling this uh, mystery and figuring out what's going on. But, you know, that's very much a question. And I, you know, for as short as this book was, it was pretty powerful. Um, the ending, you know, maybe very teary. Um, it was a tough read, but at the same time, I really thought it was great. I thought that Mariko Tamaki had some really good and interesting things to say about complacency and how, you know, when you're in high school, you're usually stuck with like a bunch of classmates and like these people are your friends. And sometimes they're your friends because they're genuinely your friends. And sometimes they're your friends because of forced proximity. And that can kind of breed like these really weird relationships where you just kind of go along with people because you're like, you know, that's, that's my friend. And until like those relationships are really seriously challenged. So I thought that this book did a great job of examining that, um, as well as some other things. So that is Cold by Mariko Tamaki. Really, really enjoyed it, but it is a tough read. That's also on my list that and I like that you mentioned forced proximity, because that is such an interesting thing to consider with in terms of like, like you were saying, complacency and, um, when it comes to, you know, people being hateful towards others. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I claim this person as my friend because that's all I have available going to high school or in this small town, whatever. But it's like when you don't speak out against things that you know are wrong, it makes it all the more easy for you to accept them as right later on. Yeah. So that is an interesting thing to think about um, for adults too, of course, or I should say for adults more so in some cases. I feel like I haven't read as many mysteries, uh, YA mysteries as I have adult ones, I feel, but <laughs> between grown and cold, I haven't read cold. I'm just spacing off of your description that you just gave. I feel like, I feel like sometimes they're like rough. Like, I feel like they're kind of like a little rougher for me to get through than the adult mysteries. I don't know if it's because it's like these things are happening to children and I feel some type of way about it. But there was this other book I read like last year, The Dead in the Dark by Courtney Gould. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you got a chance to read that one. But it also displayed some homophobia that I've uh, was it was like hard to read. Um, so I don't know. Have you had that experience? That, like 
You know what I mean? Oh, sometimes it's harder to read YA. Um, like with murder involved? I don't know. Um, it depends on the tone of the mystery, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe who, like, the victim is. And, you know, that's another, like, that could be a whole other conversation that we could have, too. But, you know, one of these mysteries that I'm going to talk about next is, like, somebody, like, the person who's dead is a parent. And there's a mystery around that. I think maybe that would be easier for me to read than, like, you know, I, I was really affected by Todd's story in Cold, um, particularly mm-hmm. given that it was kind of from his perspective and he was already dead. Um, because you got to know him as a character. And all I could think of was this this poor, poor kid who, you know, had a really awful high school experience, and, but he's like really sensitive and he loves what he loves and he's really struggling. And like, he's the type of kid that like we have the, you know, it gets better sort of campaign for because like yeah. life would get better for him. But he died. And that's kind of why I was crying at the end, because I was just like, it's not fair. Uh, But, like, I've also read YA mysteries where, like, the person who's dead is somebody that, you know, isn't a teen. So I think it, it depends on who the victim is for me. But that is a good point. Like, sometimes... Some of these mysteries are are really rough because of the setup and who, you know, who the victims are and what the circumstances are. Yeah, I think it's probably who. And I definitely wasn't saying all YA uh, murder mysteries are, you know, some type of way. But I think just the the ones that I've happened to read. But the the next book I have is The Red Palace by June Her. And June Her has a lot of great... Um, historical fiction, historical murder mysteries. Yes. Um, she has a few other that take place in historical Korea, which uh, at the time was called Joseon. And this one in particular is placed in 1758. Um, 18-year-old Hyun is an illegitimate daughter. So you can imagine at this time, um, in addition to being a girl, you know, her parents were also not married. So life is rough. And she has to work really hard to earn a position as a palace nurse. Um, so, you know, she gets the position and she's just focused on, like, keeping her head down, doing her job well, surviving, you know, again, just trying to make it. Um, so she soon learns that the palace isn't all that it appears to be outwardly when someone murders four women in one night. On top of that, the main suspect is her friend, So she's set on proving her friend's innocence. And she also is trying to gain her father's acceptance um, through her hard work and protecting her mother, too, from police interrogations that come as a result of the investigation. And then, you know, of course, again, this is historical. So, I mean, even if it wasn't historical, still, you know, sexism. Um, she has, you know, patriarchal limitations to contend with and all, everything like that. So she meets a young investigator and she is a little wary of him at first, but they do eventually start working together on their own investigation of the murders. Um, and the investigation eventually points to the crown prince. She starts to learn about all the darkness and secrets and things that court comes with in royal life and privileged people. So 
Um, there's that. <laughs> uh, the investigator, the young investigator, and Heon also start to develop a bit of a relationship. But I've always really liked, even like as a kid when I was reading, well, middle grade, YA, all of that good stuff. I always liked um, historical novels. And this one has a lot of, it's like really rich in historical detail. So you feel like you're there. Tears, I know you were talking about like at- atmospheric mm-hmm. murder mysteries and stuff like that. And so it's it's a cool look into, an interesting look into Korea at yes. that time. So yes, it is again, The Red Palace by Jun Her. I have not read this one, but I have read Jun Her's um, first two books, which are mm-hmm. The Silence of Bones and The Forest of Stolen Girls, and they are both excellent. I love that she combines history and mystery so well, um, especially considering like I, I don't know a lot about Korea's history, so I feel like yeah. I learn a lot, but it's also really fascinating, you know, fascinating stories. So those exactly. are really great. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about two more books or one more book a piece but first let's hear from our final sponsor um, so this episode is sponsored by learner publishing group life on the gold mountain is grueling and dangerous to build the railroad that will connect the west coast to the east ling fan and the other chinese laborers lay tracks and blast tunnels throughout the treacherous peaks of the sierra nevada facing cave-ins avalanches and blizzards along with hostility from white americans but ling fan has a secret and when someone threatens to expose it she must take an even greater risk to save what's left of her family and to escape the gold mountain alive in gold mountain by betty g Yi, an ordeal that is usually only a footnote and coverage of this period is fleshed out by focusing on the Chinese migrant workers who contributed to the literal building of the nation. Pick up Gold Mountain by Betty G. Yi for a book that touches on themes of immigration, xenophobia, racism, and inequality. And thank you so much to Learner Publishing Group for sponsoring this episode. We're like rapidly running out of time, which is a bummer because I could keep talking about mysteries for like another hour or so. Um, But I do just want to touch on um, two sort of lighter hearted mystery series to pick up. And these are both backlist series. So, you know, you don't have to wait for them all to come out. They are already all out. um, And they are very excellent. I highly recommend them. So the first one is Y.S. Lee's The Agency series, which is part espionage, part mystery. And it is set in Victorian England, and it's about a young biracial woman named Mary who is an orphan, and she is taken in by this um, school that is secretly a front for an all-female espionage agency. And she's educated at the school, and once she graduates, they sort of induct her into this agency, and they make her an agent. So there are four books in the series, and each of them has a sort of spy mystery that you go along and you, you know, trying to figure out like the mission that uh, Mary is given. It does a really great job at exposing, you know, Victorian London, especially, you know, a side of Victorian London that you don't always see in fiction. Um, This is like a really diverse, really interesting series. um, And it's got you know, a very satisfying overall arc to it. I highly recommend picking that up. The other one is um, Trouble is a Friend of Mine, the Trouble Trilogy by Stephanie Tromley. And this is like a really funny, really banter heavy 
um, mystery trilogy. It's about Zoe, who's just like this teenage girl who just wants to be a normal teenage girl. And she just wants people to leave her alone. She starts at a new school after her parents divorce. And this guy whose name is Digby, he's like seriously obnoxious. He just shows up at her house one day and he's like, hey, my little sister got kidnapped like all these years ago and I want to know who did it. And this is like this really big mystery. And also I need your help. So come on, like, let's go. Okay. And she's like, right. um, excuse me. Like I okay. did not agree to this. And he's like, I will just keep ringing your doorbell until you help oh me. God. So come on. It, it's honestly <laughs> a lot of things get compared to Veronica Mars. This truly yeah. has like Veronica Mars vibes. So that is the trouble trilogy. It's so fantastic. And I think it's like criminally, underappreciated in the YA world. So I highly recommend that. And then, okay, the final book I'm going to, I said we were going to do like one a piece and here I am like throwing a bunch of these at you. (laughs) I just want to like make sure that I get them all in and then I'll let you do your final book. Um, So the final book that I want to talk about and I'm going to be really quick because I've actually not finished it. I just started it because it came out this week is Very Bad People by Kit Frick. And Um, This is a really interesting book. It's giving me We Were Liars vibes. Mm. Um, So it is about these um, three sisters, Calliope, Lorelai, and Serafina. They were in the backseat of their mom's minivan. And uh, when they were 10, 9, and like just a baby, and their mom inexplicably one day just drove the car off the road into a lake. Oh, my God. And yeah. And the oldest, Calliope, she's the protagonist. Um, She rescued her sisters, basically got them out of the car, but she couldn't get her mom out because her mom was passed out. And she was sleeping when the accident happened, so she's not really sure what caused it. And so she saves her sisters and herself, but not her mom. Her mom dies. And this happens like six years before the book even begins. And nobody really knows what happens. There's a lot of speculation that the mom did it on purpose, that she was depressed. But yeah, like nobody knows. And so this mystery has kind of haunted her for a while. And she decides that um, she wants to like feel closer to her mom. So she applies to the boarding school that her mom graduated from in the 90s. And once she gets there, um, she's only there for like a couple of days when she sees this man whom she's never, you know, she's never would have thought she recognized. And it's almost like he's a stranger. But when she looks at him, she like all of a sudden is certain that he was in the van with them when oh my god the accident oh happened. My god. So that kind of sets her off onto this mystery of like what really happened. I'm super into this book right now. Um I'm really enjoying it. It's got all the mystery vibes and like I said it sort of feels like we were liars because of the affluent setting and the like yeah. family secrets and there's a lot of fairy tale illusions. So highly recommend it so far. That's very bad people by Kit Frick. That sounds really good. And the guy appearing, yes. yes. So I need to put that on my list. One that I wanted to mention, because I'm really excited to read it, but I have not read it yet, is The Drowning Summer by Christine Lynn Herman. And it's kind of like a fantasy. It's it's kind of being billed as a sapphic murder mystery with like Great Gatsby things in it. And so I just felt like it sounded really interesting six years ago. There were three teenagers on Long Island that were murdered. They were drowned and they were discovered with these sand dollars on their eyes. So it was, it was like a mystery that was never solved, but, um, Evelyn McKenzie's 
father, people think that he did it. So there's mystery surrounding that. There's also, there are like mediums and witchy things and like ghosts and stuff like that. So I think that sounds really interesting. Again, I have not read it, but it is on the list. And then another good one is How We Fall Apart by Katie Zhao, which is kind of like, you know, along the dark academia vein, when prep school students wind up dead, they think the friends did it, basically. But this one does a good job of touching on a lot of pressures and things that Asian American students go through, especially in like elite school settings and stuff like that. So I think that is an interesting one to explore. Yeah, I guess that's all we have time for. So um, we, as you can tell, love mysteries. We're really excited to talk about them. We're going to have, I think, a few mystery adjacent episodes coming up as well. Um, so one of them being our discussion of Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alkoff. Ooh. So definitely, you know, request that from your library buy a copy. It comes out next week. Um, We're really excited to read that and discuss that. So look for that episode soon. Um, But in the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, You can leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing and help others find us. You can also leave us feedback on Spotify or email us at heyya at bookriot.com. And just like a quick note, we have gotten some reader requests at the email, um, which is really exciting. So if you, yeah, and we're going to be addressing those soon. If you have sent in a request, awesome. Um, Look for an answer soon. If you would like to ask us for you know books on a certain subject or whatever email us we might even if we have enough do a whole episode of just like responding to reader requests so our email again is yes it would be totally fun um our email again is heyya at bookriot.com and of course don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters podcasts and all things bookish thanks again to today's sponsors for making the show possible and thanks as always to our awesome audio editor jen zink uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I hang out at, at Tears of Price. And Erica, how about you? I am on Twitter at Erica, E-R-I-C-A underscore E-Z-E underscore. Awesome. Well, we will be back again in two weeks. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.